Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for June 13th, 2016, featuring Samson Starkweather teaching our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop takes place the second Monday of every month at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. That's at 61 Bourbon Street, off Smith Street, near the FG stop. For more information, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured the amazing Adela Sinclair, Sohan Gandhi, Judy Schneier, Nicole Kagan, Arthur Russell, Chris Roberts, Richard Loeb, Jay Jurgensen, Madalena Prada, Del Lemon, Kathleen Burnock, Richard Fine, Matt Proctor, Alan Braverman, Maria Zabalatnaya, Rachel Tymon, Ricardo Hernandez, Julie Hart, Jonathan Clarence, and Thomas Fucolaro. And without any further delay except my inability to pronounce words, let's tune in to the Brooklyn Poets Yup Open Lake. Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yacht Open Mic. That was the quietest and tensest it's ever been. Uh, also, nobody's sitting in the front this time except for Alan and Jay. Thank you. Making it incredibly awkward. Uh, where do all the people go? Are they all drinking downstairs? <laughs> uh, a lot of announcements. I just made a whole uh, bunch of announcements I know before the break. Um, there are a couple of workshops beginning this week. Uh, Registration deadline technically has passed, but if you're still interested, uh, Bill Zavatsky is starting his Walt Whitman uh, reading class this Thursday. It's not a writing workshop, it's just a class on reading Walt Whitman. You've heard of him. He's uh, a guy that we like, obviously. Um, he's reading most of Song of Myself, I think all of Song of Myself, probably, and the Civil War poems. I don't know what that text message sound is, but I wanted to stop right now, whoever's causing it. Uh, so if you're interested in the Whitman class, check out our website or talk to me. There are flyers on the front table for our guide to reading classes as well as our workshops. The guide to reading class is five weeks. I think it's 175 bucks. Uh, if you're interested in writing workshops, we have a bunch of workshops still open. Uh, one begins this Wednesday with uh, Daniel Skonebeck called Collaborating with the Room. And on Saturday with David Tomas Martinez called, what does he call that? Workshop. I can't even remember. Stretching tension, I think, on stretching tension in poems, if you're interested in that, as opposed to letting tension languish. Seem to be bad. Um, as I mentioned, Sam is teaching a incredible workshop called Poetry is Magic. Uh, it is sold out as of now, but between you and me, three people have not yet paid. So that means there is daylight <laughs> for others to get in it. Because sometimes people drop out, uh, they lose money, they lose their savings, who knows what happens. So, uh, check out the website for Sam's workshop. Also, his partner, Paige Tiger, is teaching a workshop on poetry and the creative object. It's really interesting. So, uh, that's got a lot of space, so you should check out that workshop. As I mentioned, this Saturday we are doing the Insta Walk Across the Williamsburg Bridge. 
So that's at 4 p.m. We're going to meet on the Manhattan side at Clinton and Delancey Street. You'll notice it just where the entrance is. Uh, are there any other announcements? That anyone want to get anything off their chest? I've just been making so many announcements. I feel kind of ill now. Uh, if you haven't been to the Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic, we have three minutes on the mic for each contestant. Uh, you are kind of a contestant. But we, what we do here is uh, we have a kind of informal audience vote for poem of the night, or actually now I guess we call it poem of the month because there's only one yacht per month. Uh, there are 12 winners of poem of the month throughout the year, and then in December they compete for the prestigious title of poem of the year, and for that you get a shit ton of prizes, so it's very exciting. Uh, if you win poem of the month, you get free admission to a future yacht, which is also exciting, and it only costs $5, but that's a lot of money for some of us. Uh, so, and the way you vote for poem of the night is, or sorry, poem of the month, is by texting me. It's very, very technologically advanced. Most of you have my number already and abuse it daily. Uh, but if you don't have the number, get ready to write it down. This is how you will vote for poem of the month. It is 718, that's the easy part, 374-1953. We'll repeat this throughout the night. 718-374-1953. You can also email me, that works. Uh, that's probably the, some kind of, so I have some kind of record. If you tell me like after the event and like you're drunk, I'm probably not gonna remember you. So. Put something in writing so the people don't lose your vote. Um, you should wait till the end to vote. Don't vote after like you read. And the rules are you can't vote for yourself. All right. Some people do do that. Arthur, where is he? Yeah. But Arthur can because he's won. He won poem of the year last year. So it's sort of like he has the right to do that. But all you all you other poets, that's just shameful. Vote for somebody else. That's the whole point. Uh, we're trying to celebrate each other, not ourselves only. Um, their announcements. And oh, you're going to record it? And if you right. Want to record God, it, you should be able to record it. Look at how annoying he is. He's like, he's trying to help me. No, he's trying to help me, but he's also super annoying. <laughs> God. I have to help him again. Yes, every month we record the Yop, and we call it a Yopcast. So if you don't want to be in the recording, you have to tell me so I can strike you from the recording. If you do want to be on the recording, I recommend reading into the mic like I am doing, caressing it, getting up in its face. If you're like way back here, it's going to be hard to hear you in the recording. You'll be disappointed when you go to listen to the podcast because it's not like we got like ESPN in here recording this shit. It's like pretty like DIY over there. So uh, I do my best, but you got to speak into the mic in order to be heard. Okay. Wow. Tons of announcements. Now we're ready for the open mic. Give it up for Sam Starkweather. Caressing mic for you for the Yap Yap podcast or whatever that is. Um, yeah, I think you guys should just text Jason a bunch of spam, like penis enhancement pills, and like stuff like that. Um, yeah. um, so this first poem is just a picture of a Hawaiian shirt on fire, and it says, "No dreams come true." Goth kids on the golf course. I shazammed your orgasm, which found a match in a Prince song that didn't exist until that exact moment. Your welcome world. Sometimes I swell with a weird mix of nostalgia and mischiefness, thinking about our matching toothbrushes, writhing with electricity. 
instruments of intimacy, like we're in a band called Secret Pain, and you're the drummer, and me a roadie with ridiculous dreams. No ideas, but in sings. See, even my sadness has steez, like a peacock lost on a golf course at dusk, pining for the rush and famished ache, the rough magic of bodies illuminating the lack of any limitation when one. What if we call, oh, that's cool. <laughs> what if we call this tenderness? Some corporation or collection agency calls me three or four times a day. Maybe they are kind of another mother or ex-lover, genderless and savagely patient. Either way, they're after me. I'm convinced they want my poetry. I take it wizard level at dodging incoming calls, go invisible at the grocery store, pretend to live in a world without money. My answering machine is me crying in French. We <laughs> call me 914-573-9721. Please leave me something tender. So that, that poem's in my book. I've gotten a lot of really weird-ass text messages. <laughs> but actually, mostly they're phone calls, and I don't know the number, so I'm like, I'm not answering that shit. And they leave incredible messages. It's really cool. I don't suggest it, but it, it worked out. This is the last poem. Thank you guys for writing tonight. That was awesome. The Life of a Wave. Oh, this is like a play. So if anyone wants to produce it. <laughs> the Life of a Wave. The sea is cruel and endless and too, too blue. Wave. Why was I born? Wave. I was born to break. Unless, unless you, unless you think I may never break, I may be the exception. I may make it. I may move on past the sand, past the beach, over the dunes, across roads, through traffic, past parking lots, through fields and forests, across lawns and cities, over mountains, through deserts, to the edge of the world, through the ether, past the moon, moving through space, infinitely, forever, the wave which never breaks. The curtain falls, the wave takes a bow, and breaks. <laughs> just, uh, just to jump on the announcer train, uh, I, have, I have a book, one book, it's over there for sale. I told to tell that by the announcer guy. Okay, just one. I wasn't hedging my bets or funny is that I was actually thinking of announcing that right before you did that. Uh, the book is called Pain, the Board Game. So I don't think it really needs any more advertisements. <laughs> incredible title. I just taught the, the book to my Quinnipiac students. It's a pretty fantastic book. And it comes with lots of multimedia like toys that you can play with. It's pretty awesome. Okay, we're on to the open mic portion. Our first poet of the night is Adela Sinclair. Give it up for Adela.
and faced with the occult. Its function is to gather images, turn them upside down, never sweep them under the rug, discard, submerge, suffocate, strangulate images, and even the most unpleasant and disturbing nature. The only repair of our human condition is going full force into brokenness. As if the most familiar feeling of comfort is the enemy, and respite comes when we face the feeling of bursting at the seams, wanting to run, follow our own tail into a state of madness. Face to face with our own death on the precipice of seeing ourselves in truth, naked truth, unobstructed, committed truth, with no audience to speak of and no rescue patrol in sight, can we feel alive. I'm the crud of God's first forgotten souls. I'm in my own hell, busted from inside out, scared and plagued with the worst malady, pitying myself for this existence. The shock of finding out the rescue to your mission is light, the most ephemeral and elusive of energies. Love is sustenance, light is a tease. Light is a speck, a sliver, a hole in the sky, a pore in your skin. The pupil's way of communicating with it is to shrink in disbelief. Unbearable to know that the survivor is the very, that the savior is the very thing that makes us run forward towards it. Never to touch, never to hold. The promise of unfulfillment. Again, breaking at this point, sinking deeper into paralysis, even if pity wants me to stop, I cannot. The ship has left the shore. What if the big reveal is that each one of my acts of love, thoughts that flow towards the ones I love, are the very acts that kill? How can I continue? To love means to destroy. To love you means I want your soul. How can I continue? Its purpose is to decorate my garden of wilt. I feed on the manure to grow while stepping on the poor, poor, weaker beings. Who am I then? Thank you, Adela. Uh, it's to want your soul. It's only a bit tender account there. Swipe right for uh, soul grasping. Our next poet is, I'm gonna hopefully get this name right. If I don't, uh, you can just whip me. Uh, the next poet is So Hong Gan. Thank you, everyone. Top cowboys lined up in twos. Sparkle to mine. At least that's what I said when she came at me with that last laugh sort of look in her mind. I was born that day on the sunset strip, strips of sunshine slicing through my skin so that the reptiles could dance in my violet hue. Tumbleweeds drowning in that last laugh sort of look in her mind. Released from my tangled womb, I couldn't place her at first. At least that's what I said when I experienced the sands from which storm plants grew. And that look at her mind came at me like the purple glow from street lights along the sunset strip. So then my heart sang to a fairy tale, too. 
Butterfield Divine. Picture of her at a pretentious restaurant amongst her friends dressed in black, displaying their expressions of sophistication. She's dressed in light, bright yellow, smiling with the greatest warmth like a child. Makes my eyes smile still. We have no business being together, I tell her. I walk off, leaving her alone on the street. She comes home sometime after me. I don't speak to her. She cries profoundly, their whole body like a child. It's drizzling outside the train. If you focus your eyes, you can see the drizzle floating down in the air. Every moment is more than I deserve. My belly rises. My nose tingles as I stir my lot of air. The gratitude washes away all the tension inside the train. Thank you so much. Is Damien here? Never. It's good to have Ricky back. Uh, our next poet is a fantastic performer. Uh, perform, fantastic performer. Yeah, anyway. Our next poet is Judy Schneier. Give it up for Judy. Venom, his twin, is identical and can be cruel. 
Which one is in my room? How can I tell? They both smile and ignore past days of my magic plan. Happy to shock me with desire. But one is my friend, and the other takes secret pleasure. Quotes that I had danced with before, so I danced also with Judy. This next quote I've actually danced tango with, if you can believe it. I do a lot of dancing, if you don't know that. So uh, I think this is her first time reading at the Yacht Open Mic, so give her a warm welcome, Nicole Kagan. Chatted up the duty cop while my father found the wrecked vehicle 
knelt on the back floor, reached and blindly grabbed the untouched package from the, between the springs and the cushion where he'd left it, and after telling the cop it wasn't his car after all, they absconded from the precinct in my uncle's soft top Ford, ducal and hilarious with fortune, luck, and youth. <laughs> if you expect an aphorism to rescue some morality, the death that is or isn't the beginning or the end of this, an echo in the chamber of the last ecstatic zero, the cannot, and you cannot take it with you, or fatuity beyond the final terror, just forget it. Cash, to him, was air, and he had a big nose. It was chocolate and flowers, and he had a lot of girlfriends. It found him like a puppy at mealtime and stuck to him like burrs on a bicycle path. I tell you, true. Piles of cash fought with one another to get into his pockets. And when he licked his thumb, oh dear, the way he licked his thumb before he counted money, just the right thumb, always the right thumb, and not the whole thumb, just the edge adjacent to the nail, the way he moistened up his lips, the way he slightly shrugged before he started counting, as if he were just that little bit an athlete getting limber. It was a shaman thing. The arc of a jump shot, the purple sharpie of a plastic surgeon, the fuse of a firecracker, the flip of a pancake. It was the goggles coming down on an X Games half-pipe skier. And then his hands would move. He snapped the bills. He paused at 10, then continued, turning them to face him, pulling out the creased corners, making them obey like a dog waiting for a treat. He bundled cash and rubber bands, totaled with a dull stub from his back pocket in the blank spot between the picture and the numbers. And when, after the years had passed and the rubber bands had dried and parted and the cash fell sideways in a tired fan, pieces of rubber band stuck to the faces of Jackson, Franklin, and Grant. Money was his thing. He was money. Thank you, Arthur. We're in front of the year 2015. The number once again 718 <laughs> Our next poet won Poem of the Month. Couple months ago, I should say that if you won already this year, you're not eligible to win twice, so you might save your vote for another person. It's up to you. But our next poet is Chris Roberts. Give it up for Chris. Yay! <laughs> All right, I lost my glasses. Um, I I'm gonna read two, uh, two, two quick ones. One is I'm still working on and will probably read again at some point, okay. Uh, at day's end, the hounds are calling out to taste the moon. Pots and pans rattle on their bolted hooks until they nearly fall. Jackhammers stop on dimes. The whistle tells the men, go home. Left in the air the pangs of quiet now, a taste of absence. Cool like lemonade, contrasts the evening hours with waking day. OK. 
Okay, next one. Meditation fail. My friends have gone to see the town and lake while I sit in the cabin attic waiting for their return despite not going with them on their journey to the outside world. The woods are not enough for me. I need more privacy. To hear the sound of nothing in my head, but silence doesn't come. I hear the breeze comb through the trees outside. A spider crawls across a sunlit beam, intriguing as there's little else that moves. I wonder what my friends are doing now, what stories they'll return tonight to tell, and if there will be moments where they'll laugh, and I won't understand not having been. Thank you, Chris. Our next poet is a very famous one. Give it up for Richard Lowe, though, I said it. Give it up for Richard Lowe. I think a better question is, why did you retract? <laughs> Upset the old fucker, caused him to tremble, shake, turn deepest shade of crimson, wrinkle his wrinkles even more. Pearl, empty beer, wine, and old vodka, risky bottles, along with empty epithets in my direction. But since he no longer had a pen, I knew he could write about this experience, which served to frustrate him further still. There was no mouth blanc, just a simple stick pin, no fancy adornment, yet the only one he had. He paced like an ancient starving vulture, whose beak had been removed, clutched tattered beer-stained journal to its breast, open to a page, still unfinished verse, his mind a vast, angry, overflowing river, whose waters had no place to run. Finally, from pity, I returned his instrument. He was not gracious, did not thank me, but rather cursed anew, tried to jab it in my jugular, mumbling something regarding how he would school me, his pen higher <coughs> than any fucking sword. So I left him standing there, clutching pen tightly, fist turned white like an infant. Pacifier returned after too long a wait, insecure, it might be removed again, and the distance stole a glance back in his direction, saw him squat, hunched, bent into a shadow, and to paper, no longer aware of me, but only whatever he might have scribed into that tattered journal spread open to receive harsh strokes he penned to blank, empty, waiting pages. Thank you, Richard. Our next poet, uh, I'm excited, is going to read because he's been on a wait list, I feel like, for the last half year. And now he has a torn rotator cuff amongst other injuries. So please give a warm welcome to Jay Jerkinson.
Have you ever sent a message to yourself but didn't know you did? That you don't remember sending? That came at just the right moment and provided just the right message that you need to hear from the stranger you are to yourself? Like some twisted and poorly conceived Michael J. Fox trilogy, I received this letter in mid-March from myself that I penned on June 2nd. My calendar has me at an artful and art-filled event in Dumbo that evening, but I don't recall it being a participatory event, and I have no idea who's been holding on to it since. The envelope is clearly in my poor handwriting, and the message inside, as is the message inside, I'm a virus I would never buy. <laughs> To the traveler that's lost his compass, drawn to this great city with great expectations, a place of places well connected by transit, but disconnected of a human touch. Like the pockets of the 1%, the growth of buildings reaches to the sky, but out of reach for most and out of touch due to the altitude of their attitude. And when previously you seemed so clear about the direction you were going, the path well charted, well-defined maps, route found its way to seemingly random stops and unexpected thoroughfares. The maps seem more difficult to unfold, sometimes nearly impossible to read, ink fading and weariness causing your feet to stumble. But the journey requires travel, movement. Dust off that old atlas. It and other reference books you have, while seemingly obsolete, can still give you guidance. Find passionate volunteers that will trim the impeding vegetation that would otherwise continue to block your path. Reach for them and request their assistance. Leverage the higher power you and they together can muster. Find happiness, be anxiously settled. Let peace find its way to you. And don't exhaust yourself at a pace that won't get you to your destination anyway. Enjoy this journey, the wall travel. Like that uh, in summer camp, in like, maybe like ninth grade or something. And then, you know, you just forget about it. And then uh, 15, 20 years later, the teacher sent the letter to me. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know, I recognized my handwriting. And then, like, the first thing the letter said was, like, Oh, I bet you're pissed about the Indians losing again. <laughs> and it was exactly right. <laughs> but, like, nothing had changed. In 20 years of Cleveland sports, uh, that's super depressing. Uh, tonight's the night, though, it starts. Yeah, right. Only me and Donna sort of partially believe that. Okay, uh, is Madalena Prada here? Do you even know Madalena? Is that her right there? Oh, 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 oh my god, I has been wrong. Oh, usually right. This is a historic moment right here. Okay, give a warm welcome to Madalena. Hi. Um, so I'm not from around here. I live in Amsterdam. I'm Romanian. English is my second language, so it was good. Um, dear America. It's funny when you see a fall, unless you are the one that's falling into pieces of yourself, scattered around cities and people, like stones washed up on the beach. Isn't time funny? 
Isn't falling such a laugh? Are we all living in a brief tragic comedy where all the drama happens on the stage? Should we not laugh while the wave hits us? I never want to wash the sand off my skin. I never want the sunburn on my face to fade away. The skipping stones sank as fast as we did. When you fall, you do so without thought of time or space or dreams you had before. Life happens while we wait. The time rushes past anyway. We go along with it. It takes us fully, unequivocally, just like that other current that dropped me on my knees and made you laugh. I laugh. Isn't it funny when you see a fall? I wish I could have slept and dreamt of less. Reality was quickly ending, and I am not good at goodbye. Should we have fallen back asleep and build a home, wherever that may be? That might be our first Amsterdam poet. Yes, I should. I'm looking at him right. like he would help. Yes. Uh, that's why he was so flummoxed. So his radar doesn't cover Amsterdam poets. Okay, our next poet is fantastic. Give it up for Del Lemon. teacher, young in comparison to me, never ceases to impress me with his knowledge of the contemporary arts. Somehow we got into the habit of comparing notes after class. We ask each other what cultural events we have seen since we last saw each other. I saw Al Pacino in China Doll. He saw dances by Steve Pact and Otero Connor in the kitchen. We both saw the most incredible thing in New York City Ballet and Greater New York at the PS1 Museum. And he always knows all the backstory and everything. He even asked me what book I was reading in the changing room before class and knew the feminist poet Sharon Olds. But it really shocked me when out of all the artists in the PS1 show, he singled out Jimmy DeSanta and almost rolled his eyes as he said how much he loved his work. I had never heard anyone praise Jimmy DeSanta's work like that, and I had known about Jimmy DeSanta's work for almost 30 years. I knew Jimmy DeSanta when I worked in the gallery that chose photographs just before he died. How do you know about him, I asked the Pilates teacher, who is also a dancer. And he answered that he had stumbled across Jimmy's work while researching Peter Hujar and David Wojnarowicz, two other photographers from the East Village, famous for their intense art and also for Don Young from the AIDS. And then I mumbled in response to the young dancer, yes, I guess the images in his photographs are kind of like contemporary dance. And I had never thought of that before. Then I left Pilates to go to Trader Joe's when they were playing some kind of retro tune from my youth. And I felt like crying. I felt like crying for Jimmy DeSanta, not because I knew him that well, but because I knew how important it was for him to be considered a serious artist. It was also crazy back then, in the 1980s, with the clubs, the music, the fashions, the performances, the drugs, the sex, and then AIDS that it was hard to tell what was great art and what was the craziness of the times. But I remember being introduced to Jimmy at the gallery 
and how seriously he looked at me, and how much he wanted to be looked at seriously, despite or maybe even because of the weird and wild nature of his photographs. The darkness of brightly colored lights, human figures that look like objects, the sparse surreal settings, the portraits of famous people from nightclubs such as Lloyd Anderson and Debbie Harry. And then Jimmy died, before he got a chance to know Navajo of the gallery. But we knew that he wanted his art to survive. We knew that he wanted it to mean something. We knew that he wanted it to have an impact. And 30 years later, it still does. Thank you, Bill. Fantastic. Uh, our next poet is uh, another debut author, I believe. Give it for Kathleen Burnock. Hello. So I was going to read a long, pretty poem, and then I decided I would do that to you guys. <laughs> um, so the first one I'm reading is to my policy. Give me a page, and I'll give you a monument. Bleeding haphazardly, like a staggering drunk. A lopsided photograph, a mirror tilted forward to the feet. Like an off-center catwalk, brown paper bag strut in an empty alleyway, stale 6 a.m. whiskey, breathing on cold marble steps. I'll sing you a jingle, slur to the left, the rasp of white-crusted lips cracking at sunrise. Nicotine melodies for breakfast and a spot of tea. I'll dance in the gutters, kick up the outpourings of 3 a.m. frenzies, while wondering if the rain man ever tasted the rain. And then the second, not as long as is the consummation. Rashid gripped the door frame, threw a glance over the shoulder, a glance down at a hand, the trembling knee, the crucifix hung around his neck, an angry pendulum to keep time, to the slapping of skin, the sweat in the crevices, rough fingers digging in to shoulders, to thighs, waist, the crown of his head. Cheek on the tabletop, guttural moan and the shudder of lips like bull to the slaughter. Oh, the young husbandry of the new Harlem stroll. And instead of rearing up, he thought himself a martyr, given up to the gift that keeps on giving. The curbs and the couches, spring-loaded confessionals among sheets and viral questions, hushed on drunken tongues. Lips into a whisper, echoing so many grand mistakes given and received through that holy open window. Oh, there is the one who always comes, hot-blooded to the table, pockets lined in hills slipped atop tongues, the shuddered prayers of so many unwilling disciples just looking for salvation, shared loaves and bills, Sips of Merlot, a loving word, and a stroke of luck, or maybe forgiveness, in these upper rooms. Oh Lord, there are so many sticky 
while in the most spartan room of Calvary Hills, Hellfire and Brimstone, Sister Jenny shined upon me the divine light of the radio dial as I kept my hands prayer-like and firmly above the blanket. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> the number is 718-374-1953. Uh, next up is a great poet. Give it up for Matt Proctor. Tales from Java's Palace. You were promised a lifelong childhood. Now you're 30 and it still fits. Cereal dressed in plastic bags. Friends of shared hatred. Beards a new requirement. <coughs> Outer space shit us out. Ponga Baba, General Nadine, Dengar. I became a writer in the fourth grade to write Star Wars fan fiction. I plotted a sequel about the Emperor's Royal Guard survived the fall and were Jedi. Like most things, I never wrote it. I could love you, but I'd rather pass. I'm dedicated to my career, which doesn't exist. <laughs> Stuck in the bubonic light, everything gray, everything boggled, going to the scenery, rummaging your ear, the stubborn unmeaning, the paralyzed syllable, tomorrow's rotting into yesterday's. Thank you. Awesome and efficient. <laughs> Outer space shit us out. Um, Zach tweeted that. If you want to tweet, throw the pose you the hashtag. We'll make friends. Next up is a uh, just a great man. Give it up for Alan Braverman. Recitations become a distant memory. 
Where are we? Next up is another Yelp debuter with a very difficult looking name. Give it up for Maria Zabalanaya. Give it up for Maria. Like an ebbing tide, I was tossed aside, yet I couldn't let go for fear. 
fear of drowning, but I did drown. And when I emerged days or months later, with unshaky feet and squinting into the day, vision dimmed by so many memories, which haunt me still and forever, but it taught me, I am a woman. I am desirable, and I am better than you think or treat me. Okay, well, uh, you're up next, Mr. Pila for Ricardo Hernandez. into measurements digestible for you. Pull apart the bark to metamorphosize the proof, splitting your universe in two by igniting what you thought was progressive rhetoric backed by truth. Question words from a demagogue reaching ears that are filled with fear. Ignorance plays into hate. Hate plays into fear. Photosynthesize sativa germ and infect brains with the simplest state of functioning. 2016's presidential run is a jog up against our moral compass, and we've surrendered back to a two-party stranglehold that has systematically toyed with our emotion, every movement, every right thing to do, because yes, it's the right thing to do. Question the words from a habitual liar, repeatedly under sniper fire, ducking on the tarmac from bullet-made questions of ties to financial institutions, and opposing same-sex marriages, flip-flop, flip-flop, inability to recall under oath. I once thought politicians were a joke, but now I'm witnessing it on a new level. Twelve years after I became an oath keeper, protector of the rights all man, woman, and child have under red, white, and blue, yet I'm still kind of confused. What should I do? My country is distressed. People fed up with corporations forever bleeding them dry, and still everyone continues to fight for their invisible slice of the world's greatest fictitious pie. Thank you, Ricky. We just have a few poets left. We are past nine. Ricky once noticed we never finish on time at nine. Our next poet is the Yawper of the Year for 2016, or sorry, for 2015. If you don't know what that is, that is a prize reward at the end of the year for a great poet, but also a great supporter of other poets, which is why you should not vote for yourself for Poem of the Month. So give it up for Julie Hart.
everybody. I want to thank, of course, my um, <clears throat> sweet action fellow poets who helped me make this poem something that I can speak of a lot. Here we go. Okay. It's called Vigilance. How much milk is in the fridge? Do I need to get cash? Did I put on the sunscreen? How many croissants are too many croissants? <laughs> Call your mother. Is he eating too much? Should I keep buying pistachios? I paid the rent, right? Toothpaste almost gone. Call his mother. Last pair of underwear in the drawer. Suck in gut or let it pooch out? Arthritis or gout and big toe? I should write more poetry. Is my ass still an asset or a liability? Uh, <laughs> submit or not submit? Didn't wear my step counter again today. What is Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> is it his fault or the patriarchy? <laughs> how, much, how much Netflix is too much Netflix? <laughs> Time to buy spanks. <laughs> Did I floss? I sh should I write more poetry? <laughs> Third glass of wine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Let's see what she's the offer of the year. Uh, we are under the waitlist. If you're on the waitlist, I ask that you read one poem your best and most efficient poetic work. <laughs> uh, decide what efficient means. Our next poet is our wonderful intern in the back, Jennifer Jonathan Clarence. Hey, y'all. So I uh, haven't been here for a while. And um, while I was gone, I was still doing me, my own thing, and I'm back, so nice to see you guys again. <laughs> um, this poem I just wrote today. New and, pieces. Huh? New pieces. New. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what it's going to be called. Maybe I'll call it um, Yesterday. You'll see why. Heartbreaks and promises. I've had more than my share. I'm tired of giving my love and getting nowhere, nowhere. He, he won't betray. He will never have an intention to hurt you. He will be silent when he's been disrespected. He's she more than he's he, and it's natural. He's kind. He has an infectious laugh. He's a part-time neat freak. He loves surprises. He keeps looking up. He keeps building things with his creative eye. He's over the nonsense. He's over being lied to. He's finally in love with someone who's in love with him being him and she. He's over watching his peers be lied to. He's over watching his dream tap into something unpleasant. He knows when he's she, she is more than waiting till two to be seen, heard, watched, admired. That's 2 a.m. He believes he's meant to perform for everyone. 
he's never ever going to give up on his dreams. It takes four packs of hair plus a short hair shake and go wig with a lot of teasing between every four tracks to make what I believe is always the best wig in the business for drag queens. He will no longer acknowledge intimidation or fear. He will speak up more. He will volunteer his voice for the complete worth of his existence, everything's potential growth. And when he's she, she's he, and she knows she has a chance to open minds and lives, it is a contagious act of love and courage. With four coats of Elmer's glue stick and setting powder, I will be flawless, honey. I'll tell every person tonight I wake up every morning like this, walking through these streets because my mind stays flawless too. And I am always walking through my mind flawlessly. And then, you want to talk about reading? I mean, do you even know what it means to be read? It means you get roasted, toasted with maple syrup, and everyone laughs with you, not at you. Because RuPaul confirmed that reading is fundamental. You read for a drag queen to give you a show. Because I'm ready to be me in your presence. And when he is she, she is always taking a risk to show up for herself, to show up for herself on whatever stage, Broadway, the school halls, the family dining room table, in line at the post office, to show up for his brothers and sisters, for the drag queens, drag kings, bio queens, bio kings, allies of all kinds. And when she dances, listen everyone, get ready for this upcoming queen. When they say that, my stomach always drops. My Athena becomes Medusa, and I'm possessed by my pride. Every snake blowing kisses, honey. I am performing for everyone who believes in fundamental and 50 killed in Orlando. He was someone's son and daughter. That mother is beyond frustration, anger, and fear of how to live on without her child. People remember him as she and how she was magnificent. They remember how he is a part of a community that is beyond the temple she rebuilt for herself every time she was about to step out in four packs of hair and glamour and Elmer's glue up her eyebrows. Courage, I choose to come to this open night tonight rather than doing my makeup because I needed someone to understand that this was a tragedy that will never be forgotten. That 14 minutes ago, Stonewall was still packed even after it's been over 24 hours since the attack at Paul's nightclub it had made. That was my sister in there. That was my brother in there. I didn't have to know them to cry tears for them. This cry is for the family I've made outside of my own. This cry is for all the people who lost someone they loved. This cry is a call to keep being magnificent for Orlando. No one knows what to say. Someone on Facebook wants a gay politician to speak in front of Stonewall and remind us why the LGBTQAI community is still standing. I've been gone from here because every Monday night since the last time I performed here, I've been a drag Queen. I've been performing. I'm proud to be she. I had a dream that I was preparing to perform at a club last night. The moment 
I was ready to walk on stage. I screamed, no, and my boyfriend screamed, what? My rat terrier is barking hard, tears in my eyes. He asked, what happened? I said I was ready to perform, and I felt like I was dying. I will remain unafraid. Edward, Stanley, Lewis, Juan, Eric, Peter, Lewis, Kimberly, Eddie, Daryl, Danoka, Alejandro, Anthony, Jean, Frankie, Amanda, Martin, Lewis, Mercedes, Javier, Gilberto, Simon, Oscar, Enrique, Miguel, Javier, jo Joel, Jason, Corey, Juan, Lewis, Shane, Juan, Gerald, Leroy, Jonathan, Jean, Rodolfo, Brenda, Christopher, Angel, Frank, Paul, Antonio, Christopher, it could have been your child, it could have been you, it could have been me, don't shoot. Don't you promise me the world, world that I already, this time call me baby, actions speak louder than words. If you're looking for devotion, talk to me, come with your heart in your hands, come my love is guaranteed. Our last poet of the evening is a terrific poet. He will be actually reading for the Broken Poets Reading Series at the New York City Poetry Festival, which is on Governor's Island, July 31st, right? So give it up for Thomas Cucolaro. Tells me I look like Robin Williams and I know exactly 
what they are talking about. Poets like sad, damaged, and broken down things. I used to only care about dead poets because they are so easy to talk to. Poets like broken, damaged, and sad puppies. But then I look around this room, this life, these glorious eyes are starved amongst the unraveled tapestry of the universe. And I gotta tell you, I used to only care about dead poets, but it's the ones who are living that are keeping me alive. If you didn't get to read, I do apologize. We have a lot of readers. Uh, the best method to make sure you read is to sign up now on your phone or go home after it. I'm, I'm serious. It fills up quickly. Um, we'll be back in July. Remember, it's a special yop. It's going to be focused around this words we live in theme. Uh, so Paige Taggart, in fact, uh, Samson's partner, is that what you call it? Partner, girlfriend, housemate, uh, poet, will be leading the uh, workshop. She, again, is teaching a workshop on objects, uh, the use of objects in poetry. So she's going to be doing something with photos. Basically, what's going to happen is people take photos, whether you come on the walk or not, you can take photos. We're going to project some of these photos, and people are going to write about the words they see in the photos. Uh, we encourage you to read your poem uh, at the open mic, but you can just read whatever you wanted as well. Uh, so check out the website. It's the second Monday of every month. Uh, I can't remember which July date that is, but it's July 11th. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. There you have it. The Brooklyn Poetry Opcast for June 13, 2016. Congratulations to our brilliant intern, Jonathan Clarence, for winning Poem of the Month for his extraordinary poem about the Orlando shooting. With more poems like that in the world, things like what occurred in Orlando would never happen. For more information, again, about the Brooklyn Poets Yop, go to brooklynpoets.org. Our next Yop comes your way on July 11th, featuring poet Paige Taggart teaching our workshop. This is a special Yop featuring the Words We Live In festival taking place at the Yop, where... Poets who have written poems based on images they have taken of words on the street with the hashtag words we live in as part of the 92nd Street Wise Global Festival celebrating the words we live in. Those poets will share their work and other poets who haven't done this will write about images that serve as a prompt during the workshop. 
I am hoping some of that made sense to you. I'm sure it'll make more sense at the workshop, so come out for it. July 11th, 7 p.m. at 61 local. It should be an amazing one. One to remember. And by the way, congratulations to the Cleveland Cavaliers for winning an NBA championship. I am from Cleveland, so I'm just going to throw that in whenever I talk from now on for the rest of my life. Thanks for listening. We will see you at the next Yard.